All right. Hello and welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. I'm the Madman. You're a host. We got EK on the boards, but he's got dad duty today. Can you say hi? Is your mic on? It is now. Hello. Hey, EK. Dad duty, huh? Yes, indeed. All righty. And we got uh, the Hill Hippie with us, too. Hey, guys. How's it going? It's a good. It's good. So we all saw Infinity War, right? Yes, we did. Okay. We are going to be getting to that. All right. First, uh, do an introductions, which we just did. Hello, welcome. Did that. Uh, what'd you do this weekend? I mean, Friday I watched Infinity War, and then I worked for three straight days. So that's my weekend. How about you? I did absolutely nothing. Was it everything you'd hoped it could be? Yeah, I went out with the EK to one of his uh, gigs on Friday night. Watched some people sing some good karaoke and some bad karaoke. That's that's the point of karaoke, though. Oh, absolutely. Okay. It's it's um, America. America's got talent. America might have talent. It's the local America. America thinks got they ta- got talent. Yeah, thinks they got talent. Exactly. <laughs> That's cool. That was over at Spencer Devon, right? Where EK DJs every Friday night. Yep. Oh, cool. Excellent. That's here in Fredericksburg. That's a shameless plug for you, EK. Well, we got everything uh, all set up over there. All right. All right. Um, I just want to say thank you. We uh, we like jumped up like twenty subs in the last week alone. So, uh, thank you for listening. Thanks for telling your friends to so go tell your bestie about this show. We love you for it. We do. We love you for it. And your bestie. Yeah. Um, by the way, uh, I set up the Patreon last week for us. It's patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio. And for now, I'm just uh, posting uh, uh, our past shows, a couple videos here and there. And uh, uh, we'll have more features in the future. And uh, probably more tiers for donating because that's why I set up the Patreon is so that we can you know, get some financing and you know do this show for a living if possible. So um, go check it out. Right now it's just a silent partner option, and that's just three bucks a month. You know, you're talking about four four hours of entertainment for three three bucks a month. Think of it as a tip. We'd love it if you did that, and hopefully we can get some content for you on uh, exclusive to Patreon and some higher tiers. Uh, so you know. You get a little reward for it. Allows us to bring you a higher quality show. Exactly. And keeps the madman from trying to fart into a mic. Yeah, that's that's the, like the big mission right now. Make sure we don't degenerate to that point. <laughs> <laughs> we are better than that. Well, we're highbrow. <laughs> yeah, we're highbrow. Well, I did make the claim that 10 subscribers I'll fart on air. So <laughs> that's my fault. That's my fault. Um. So before we get into the Infinity War, we are going to talk about something that I just heard today. You ready? Wait, My ex-boyfriend actually partially funded his move to Canada by selling that? his fun. Lego sells like really expensive hotcakes on eBay these days. My ex-boyfriend actually partially funded his move to Canada. Did you catch that? Her ex-boyfriend. Her ex-boyfriend. You know what that means? That she's single? Rebecca Felgate is single. I hate to burst your little bubble there, buddy, but maybe it's just one of the previous guys she's dated. That could be. However, she started a new channel called Rebecca Felgate, Rebecca Reads. Hold on, let me find it here. She got a new channel, and she had, uh, I think it's Rebecca Reads. Here's another one. Uh, damn ads. Trash Dear YouTube, I will always Poking play a pick skip ad. Here it is. Rebecca reads. Oh, she uploaded a video. Uh, I got to watch that later. Anyway, um, but she did a thing on a regular channel um, where she's sitting there talking about making this new channel, Rebecca reads. And there was this kind of sadness to it. There, you, If you look around, it's like the lighting's wrong. It's... it's it seems like the quality's not quite as good as it has been before. Like the boyfriend took a bunch of lights and equipment and a skedaddled. Little, a little melancholy. Yeah, and and she's sitting there talking about you know I want to get away from doing Harry Potter videos and then, uh, that's always a good idea, Rebecca. <laughs> you know, and and she wants to start doing like writing poetry. Now I write poetry, and I know that when I start writing poetry, it's usually after a breakup. <laughs> That's when I start writing poetry. So feeling all sad and sad. Yeah, exactly. So I got a feeling that she's single. But we're doing this FXBG public radio thing now. Uh, I can't really leave. It's not like I can drop everything and go to Toronto. I mean, n- number one, super creepy, probably because I'm a male. 
Yeah. Right? And uh, number two, I don't have a passport. Number three, I'm. this is what I'm doing. This is what I do. Shock Monkey Radio. And number four, if she gave you that option, you'd get everything you need and be gone in a heartbeat. Uh, n- no. No. I, my, I love her to pieces. Bullshit. I love her to pieces, but, I mean, my work is important to me. This is the only thing I've ever done that I ever enjoyed doing. So, sorry, this is this is more important to me. You've never enjoyed masturbating? I'm talking about ways to make money, like career choices. Do you make money with this? Do you make money masturbating? No, well, I can. I don't I don't want to go into how or why. We'll talk about it off air cuz I need some extra cash. <laughs> Any anything to help, but, you know, just $3 a month on Patreon. Please. <laughs> Keep him out of the sperm bank. Have oh, you seen the pictures? Okay. You, we don't want a bunch of little madmen running around the no. country. No, I want limited. I, one child is enough for me. That's all. <laughs> so, if you're into like one child, Rebecca, you should come down to FXBG here in Fredericksburg, Virginia. I'll show you around. I'll show you around the town. Uh, we can get like uh, I don't know. Go downtown. Go to Spencer Devon or something like that. We'll show you how these buildings that were designed by people that were like 5'3", like you are, Rebecca, and <laughs> all the little tiny short doors. Yes. You know, too many hormones in our food here in the U.S. Short doors and very, very <laughs> tall ceilings. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'll show you around Fredericksburg. Come on down. It's a nice town. You got good-looking guys like me. All right. Well, um, what's wrong, E.K.? Nothing? I think he was trying to listen to the show in the other room. and it's buffering buffering for too long. <laughs> oh, by the way, we are on iTunes. What's the other one? Google Play Music. Yep. Any podcast app. I use CastBox myself. But uh, please subscribe to us. And um, if you don't know about my YouTube channel, search for Madman Lowercase. Those two words. Doesn't matter what case it's in. Uh, please like, share, and subscribe to that because that's another way I can make money doing this content creation but we're definitely talking about the infinity gauntlet you saw it last night i hear yes all right let me you want me to tell you about we were supposed to go see it on thursday night on opening night all right and uh <clears throat> we get to the theater and the theater had uh was like in low power mode like they're running on generators oh the concessions were sparse they were giving out like little tiny trays of popcorn and glasses of water because that's all that was working in the concession stands. Giving out, or were they still charging? They you weren't charging. Leg? They weren't oh, charging. Okay. They're just giving it out because they, they, you couldn't get anything else unless you were like getting candy. Mm. Yeah, they got. Yeah, you can get candy, but uh, hundreds of people there, opening night to see if, uh, Infinity War. Uh, and this uh, manager comes in and starts filing people in the theater, right? Because probably because Dominion Power is like, yeah, we'll probably get it up in, like in an hour or so, you know. Right. And so. File us all in there like cattle. It's opening night, so, you know, it's nut to butt. Mm-hmm. Elbows to assholes. Yeah, exactly. And so we're all piled in. We're waiting. We sat through 15 minutes of previews that we've all seen before. You know why? Because we all have YouTube. <laughs> all right? If we're interested in a movie, you go look for a trailer of it on YouTube. Yep. All right? There's no need, no point for having tra- trailers anymore. And I swear there were 20 minutes of trailers. <laughs> trailers. Anyway. Uh <laughs> And then we they started the film started and we're like good we're gonna be watching and it was hot in the theater because the AC wasn't working right <laughs> and we got about ten minutes into the movie about the part where Stephen Strange and uh, uh, Tony Stark got together mm-hmm. and having their little debate I love seeing them together on screen oh, by the that way was yeah ma- just beautiful we'll get to, we'll get to all that all right I'm just talking about the experience itself right we get to about that point and then the lights come on. And the manager comes out again and is like, I'm sorry, I'm the worst, you know, but we got to get everybody out of the theater because the power is not going to be restored in time. And so, bad call by them, right? Oh, right. right. <laughs> now they've got a whole yeah. bunch of angry jackasses. Yeah. Filing out of the theater, right? But they did right by us, as far as I'm concerned, you know. Um, they, uh, you know, they refunded their money and they gave out some, like, uh, free tickets right to, to a movie. Um. What, how I eventually watched the movie was the next day I took the free ticket to a matinee and a friend of mine went with me to go see it. Nice. My favorite time. It's like my friend Robert, he loves he loves the theaters. He loves movies and stuff like that. And he wants to go on nights when there's everybody there. I know. All right. Yeah. I prefer matinees myself. I, I prefer empty, empty cold theaters. Yes. 
and quiet. But And then you can also hear more conversations. Like there was a conversation that went on behind me during the credits that uh, I want to touch on. All right. All right. By the way, Infinity War, spoiler alert. Okay. Spoilers are plenty. And there were these two kids behind me in the theater after during while well, waiting for the end credits, uh, the coda thing. Um, <clears throat> and they're sitting there talking because they had ne- like never seen this before. I read the comics, mm-hmm. you know. I know how how this all plays out, so I knew coming into this is like there's gonna be so many people dying, dude. Right. <laughs> so I mean, that's why I was so stoked for this movie. And so uh, these two kids are sitting there behind me talking. They don't know what's going to happen next. I do. Right. And they're sitting there talking. It's like, whoa. Because they know logically that the stones are in play. They can they can fix this whole mess. Mm-hmm. And so, there's, but they're sitting there debating who are they going to give the gauntlet to though? Once they get it off Thanos, who are they going to give it to? Maybe Thor. Maybe there's this little nerd debate, right? That I had in the '90s with friends, <laughs> with like as these comic books were coming out. You know, it's like what's going to happen? You know, and, uh, and it was so. It took me back to that state of wonder, that point where you didn't know. What's going to happen when all of your favorite characters get killed? Mm-hmm. Or, well, half of them anyway. Right. Half of them anyway. So, I mean, rip to half of all of life. Um, I didn't see any trees dying. I mean, they had a scene where like people were disappearing in Wakanda, right? Yeah. Did you see any trees just disappearing, floating, floating up into ash? You know. Do you think you Thanos think... spared the trees? Uh I don't know if it was he actually had that option or not. I mean, was it him who actually picked the ones who died? I don't think so. I think the universe just randomly, randomly selected. Yes, on a slow burn, apparently. Well, you bring up a good point. If the trees, if half the trees went away and all half of the all life went away, just imagine the massive stank oh, yeah. that's going to be coming on the planet. Assuming that the ash just disappears into nothingness. Well, then you didn't have to worry about yeah. it, but. Yeah, you're right. But the uh, the death toll, they the directors did a lot of playing with you throughout the movie. Oh, yeah. This... I thought that uh, Dax and, uh, what's her name, the Mantis, I thought they were dead. Drax w- and Mantis? Yeah, way early in the movie, and then they just reformed back into their original shapes. Yeah. They just kept messing with you and messing with you and messing with you. Well, I mean, I've that's got what, emotions, guys. Stop toying with me. That's what I was—I was immune from the emotions because I knew what was happening. And it's like, and anybody who knows anything about the gems knows that you know, they're all—all all in play, mm-hmm. right? And so, I mean, in the time gem, for example, right? We all know that Stephen Strange has it. All right, we know what we, he can do with it. All right, it's powerful on its own. Oh yeah, but we add it to the Infinity Gauntlet. It's dope, you know? You alter reality, you yeah. alter time. Those two right there are just an ultimate combination. It's enough. Yeah, two is enough. Yeah. <laughs> Not all six. But, uh, you know, I just love the little, oh, when Groot faded to ash. I was like, yes, fuck you, kiddies. Fuck you. <laughs> so we know at least one tree died. Exactly. So I guess I guess that is proof that perhaps the trees, or maybe only sentient trees. Because I would argue, you would argue that Groot is a sentient tree. Um, yeah. Plus, Thor knows how to talk to him. Yeah. Which I find is interesting. It was an elective. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you didn't have to know how to speak tree, but <laughs> I'm Groot. <laughs> Did he? I, he said something treeish. <laughs> what the trees have to talk about, except or maybe, maybe the consistency of squirrel droppings. <laughs> And he kept kept calling uh, Rocket a rabbit. Oh, that was great. <laughs> and he never once corrected him. No, he let it go. He's like, I'm not going to piss off this guy. <laughs> right. How dope is, uh, was a Stormbreaker? Oh, man. How dope is that weapon? That is sweet. The arm of Groot holding <laughs> it together. That's so dope. Yes. And I love that bit. Just the forging of the new new weapon mm-hmm. for Thor. That was a That was a worthwhile... Segment of the movie to do. Yes, it was. And it was awesome. And as the only contribution Groot had to the entire story. He's <laughs> <laughs> playing Defender the whole time. <laughs> I was a teenager. I, and that, if that's the only game you had, yeah. That, I was a teenager. I yep. know how it is. <laughs> yeah. It's just Groot just always is. He's that kid. Everyone knows that kid. It just mm-hmm. always has his face of this stuff, you know. Disconnected yeah. from everything else but that one thing they're obsessing over. Yeah, uh, 
You know, there was a point <laughs> when uh, when Thanos got the Soul Gem. This is something I want to talk about. When Thanos got the Soul Gem, um, it was a pretty uh, heart wrenching moment, if you remember, because mm-hmm. he had to do what? Spoiler alert! Sacrifice he, something he loved. So he took Gamora and threw her in. And she landed in the classic fell funk fell from somewhere <laughs> positioning. One arm at three, one arm at twelve, and the one leg kicked back. Kicked back, exactly. <laughs> classic. Uh, so he killed her, and I guess that proves that he actually did love her, because that's the only way it released the soul yeah. gem. So apparently exactly. he did. But <sighs> however, when he got the soul gem, I think there should have been like a soundtrack change. <laughs> Just to bring the mood up a little bit. Maybe see Thanos doing some dancing. (laughs) Right. I got it. Soul gem. He finally got some soul. (laughs) And his whole life changes. He starts playing bass. (laughs) He grows out his hair. (laughs) Gets some platform shoes. He gets the soul gem and stops. (laughs) I'll talk to you later, James. And so, uh, <laughs> I, think, I think that they should have done that because everyone was so down at that point because it was a, uh, the soundtrack at that time in that segment when he got the Soul Gem was very, very quiet, mm-hmm. you know? And so all you're seeing is like this horrible thing he, do- he did, but this, um, and it gained this amazing power and how it almost seemed like it meant nothing to him. It was just one right. of the set. Yeah. You know? And so, uh... And I think that that kind of really set the tone of that to be real kind of a bummer moment. Oh, you know, yeah. One character dying. You know, granted, it's at the hottest. Zoe Saldana, she's the hottest, yeah. right? Um, uh, yeah, I love her every color. <laughs> you know, she's great. So, um, but I knew I knew the gems were in play. So it was like nothing's permanent anymore. You know, and that's right. That's what I love. And uh, all right. Um, all right, the reality gem. Uh, I wonder if, oops, I wonder if they cast Benicio del Toro for that one scene with Thanos. Where's the stone? <laughs> Vaz the stone. Vaz the stone. <laughs> Josh Brolin got to say that, technically. Yeah. To Benicio del Toro. Tell me that's not a snatch Easter egg. Because I would love, like, because he got the soul gem, mm-hmm. and then he goes and gets the reality gem, and then he's, he goes, that's a stone. Because by then, after he got the soul gem, he's watched Snatch by that point. <laughs> <laughs> that's a stone. Well, yeah, it, it's required watching at that point, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, just, I thought that was a, a very interesting Easter egg. Uh, somebody was saying, where is the stone to Benicio Del Toro? That is cool. I didn't even that didn't even play in my mind. Oh well, my mind's everywhere. Um, reality jam. Uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch slash Hulk and Black Widow. Well, first, first I got to touch on this. You know, I understand there's a certain bit of acclimation that people have when they go to different uh, areas with different. Uh, accents and dialects. Yeah. But she lost almost her entire uh, accent. accent. Yeah. That just, what? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's because she's not acting. And that's why, like, Vision and Scarlet Witch, I, they were the only deaths I was looking forward to. In the sense that I hope it hurts. Because I, I don't like them. I don't like Vision and Scarlet Witch. I really don't. And most all right. true fans don't. They don't like Scarlet Witch because of all the crazy hand gestures. I think it's stupid. That everyone, you know, everyone else I love. Well, they seriously nerfed the character in yeah. the movie. Uh, not yet. I mean, they, they may come or bring her back as like a celestial Madonna, like in having a child with Vision, like probably against his will. You know, because <laughs> seriously, seriously, think about, hold on. Seriously, think about this. Vision had the Mind Stone removed, and he mm-hmm. turned all white like he, start, like he hadn't been in the comics. Right. Right? And the Avengers, they're eventually going to find a big bag of rice and throw him in, and he's going to, uh, like, regenerate and start working again. But then he's going to be, like, emotionless. And or like a, and Wanda's going to be like, hey, let's get this on again. You know? And he's like, no, I'm, a, I'm an android now. Right. You know? And then so she's going to, like, basically use her power. 
yeah, base use her power to have sex with him and like use her power to get herself pregnant. I think that's what's going to happen. And that would be much better as a separate movie like all the Vision and Scarlet Witch comics where it's this this romance between an android and this celestial Madonna. <laughs> and it's just like, ugh. I pick up a yeah, no, I'm, Avengers comic book, please. That's why I don't like Vision and Scarlet Witch. I, and I felt like it was too forced. Uh, just like the the, um, the Hulk and Black Widow yeah. relationship. Mm-hmm. That seemed forced, and they're trying to make you care about their relationship when you don't. You know, that's why all of a sudden, boom, we bring in some hot supervillain action so we can get rid of this stupid drama. <laughs> and that's what I loved. As soon as I started rolling my eyes with this vision of Scarlet Witch wandering through Scotland, it was like, oh, God, something happened. And something happened. Yes, it did. I mean, let's talk about the runtime of the movie. Two hours, 40 minutes, I think it was, somewhere around there. Yeah, something like that. And um, it didn't feel like that long to me because, no. you know, I was brought into every single scene. I was immediately hooked. Mm-hmm. It's like, I want to see how this plays out. And when you start looking back at, the, like, all the other previous movies and, like, post-credits and stuff that they're doing, like, to, as a preamble for this movie, Infinity right. War, you start to see why they did these scenes a certain ways because you can set up the story about where everybody is at this certain point in time, mm-hmm. you know, and what they're doing so that you, this, you can start right there where they started in the movie, which is, boom, Thanos is there. He's already won. Fucked up the Asgardians. Yeah. Yeah. Brawls with Hulk and beats him with skill. Yes. All right. Hulk has been just like overpowering everybody, but Thanos beats him with skill. That was a dope fight, wasn't it? Yes, it was. (laughs) He made the Hulk his bitch. That was awesome. Loved it. And, um, (sighs) yeah. 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 What was the set, uh, so I think that that was good, a good call on their, on their part to, uh, to set it up that way because action scene, action scene, a little bit of romance, action scene. Oh, yeah, they know? grabbed you by the cojones from the word go, and they didn't let, uh, they didn't let go at, at all. And it seems to me like the time frame has been ramped up significantly. It's like this started almost right at the end of Thor Ragnarok because it seems like it wouldn't have taken them that long to travel from Asgard to Midgard or Earth on that ship, and they didn't make it. Yeah. So I I, th- I think that's a good thing. Yeah. I don't want I wouldn't want a bunch of Asgardians to come and show up on Earth. No, I agree. Saying, "Hey, can we have this island <laughs> or something like that?" And it's like, "No, we don't want a whole colony of people like you on Earth. We don't need a whole section of super uh, demigods living on Earth. If you want that." Go to the DC Universe. They've got the Amazonians. You've seen the Deadpool 2 trailer, right? Multiple. Yeah. Me too. Because I saw it on YouTube, and then I saw it in a the theater. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there's one joke, and I'm afraid that they buried their best joke in the movie, where Cable's sitting there, and he's like, you're nothing but a clown dressed as a sex toy. And he goes, you're so dark. Sure you're not from the DC Universe? Great joke. But I hope they didn't bury their best one. Yeah. All right. Additionally, the Infinity Stones are in play. Yes, they are. Perhaps we could be talking DC Marvel crossover movies? <laughs> Marvel and DC have done it many times in the past with they comic have. books, with crossovers. And we could see like a Spider-Man versus Wolverine movie or, or Spider-Man versus a Batman movie. It's a possibility. Wouldn't that be dope? It would be great. It might be a way for the DC uh, universe to actually make some good make movies some and some good revenues. Movies. And I think that that joke is representative of somebody from Marvel saying, hey, lighten up a little bit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't always have to be dark brooding. <sighs> Spend my life focused in the pursuit of justice. No, I'd never have any fun. <laughs> and now I've been tainted, and I kill those that I have uh, seek the justice on. I snap in necks. <laughs> Branding. Which I pulled over from my bedroom play, which is why I'm now single. I don't know where you're going with that anyway. Um, did you have any favorite parts in the movie? As far as action sequences, I love them all. The uh, fight uh, in Wakanda when Rocket Raccoon and uh, Thor show up. Yeah. That is just, 
that was a stand up and yes yeah because they were starting they're starting to get overwhelmed yeah and they came yeah. in and just started whomping ass as far as comedy goes good lord it was all over the place with that i just can't even remember all the jokes seeing uh star lord turn to a whimpering little teenager in the presence of thor yeah <laughs> didn't know what great. to do what they call thor like a, a sexy pirate or like space a pirate th- angel a pirate angel <laughs> And he was so threatened by it. I, I also loved how um, the Guardians of the Galaxy and uh, Tony Stark are sitting there. Tony Stark's like trying to formulate a plan, and, and there's like they're just totally ignoring him because yep. they're no, no, we we don't play like that. We play fast and loose. We we play with our gut. And Tony's always with his brain. I stopped paying attention when you said plan. Yeah. <laughs> In tracks. <laughs> He's probably looking at Tony Stark, being like just looking at him, saying, "Is this Iron Man? He's not even made of iron, you know? <laughs> right?" <laughs> oh man, he's <laughs> barely a man. And I have sensitive nipples. Him trying to be invisible—that was hilarious. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can't see me. <laughs> <laughs> Having a conversation with him. Well, I just love that they keep portraying him as dumb because, in the future, I bet he's getting the Power Stone just like he did in the comic books. That would be nice. Because it, what I love about the Infinity Watch and stuff like that, and this is what happened in the comic books, is that they eventually split up the gauntlet and gave the stones to different people for safekeeping. Mm-hmm. And they gave the power stone to Drax. And the decision was is because he's too stupid to activate it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's a really good call on the person who t- makes this decision. I don't know if I should bring it up. To save you at least one spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> But Drax just pops up his face, looks like candy, and eats it. <laughs> and that's what happened in the Power Gem. And so I love that story because that's exactly what they're setting up Drax to be. So it ends up in one of his famously large poops that he writes exactly. about. <laughs> exactly. Just give it back to the universe, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, man. What else did you like about it? Oh, good Lord. I mentioned uh, calling him Rabbit. Uh, Peter Dinklage, nice cameo. Oh, absolutely. That was a very cool perspective shot, I thought. I mean, that was very well done. Yeah. and I, Dinklage, for a man of his stature, already has a deep, deep manly voice. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it, I sound like a child next to him. Yeah. And, uh, the way they just toned it up to match the size of this quote-unquote dwarf. Right. Was just, uh, it was really good. I mean... I'm glad. So many people, all these, all these big actors, they want to get in there. What's up? So I just read the best thing. Okay. It makes sense why they didn't have Ant Man in the movie. Why? Because all you'd have to do is fly him inside uh, Thanos's asshole, make him grow back to his normal size, and that's it. Purple Joss Whedon is dead. <laughs> Purple Joss Whedon. Thanos. I don't like that joke. Why? <laughs> Because it's Joss Whedon. You don't make fun of him. <laughs> we don't make don't, fun of him. You You're insulting Thanos, his god, you man. You don't think Not that Thanos god. looked like a way fucking beefed out Joss Whedon? Yeah, maybe. With purple? I guess. With a ball, uh, ball sack for a chin? Look, I think he looked like Thanos. Thanos Whedon. Yeah, do you know about the Easter eggs? This is something I didn't know about. No, what is it? What what, the, the, director, the directors of Civil War in this movie, uh, two, two brothers, I think. I don't know. I forget their names. But they... Uh, they worked on Arrested Development. They did a bunch of ep- uh, episodes of Arrested Development. Oh, yes. And in Civil War, they had the Bluth Company oh, no kidding. car in the background at one point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No and kidding. A- yeah, and apparently, I didn't see it in Infinity War, but apparently the collector, in one of his booths, he has a guy all in blue paint with yep. jean shorts. I saw something about that on my Google feed That's this phenomenal. morning. That's phenomenal. That's so the s- cool. The same thing was... Uh, I don't know. I made it halfway through the article, and then I realized I really don't fucking care. Right. But the article said that based on that movement alone, you could then tie in the 60s Batman TV show to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, my God. Through cameos that are made. Because are you talking about Fox? Yeah. I think those rights expired probably with the Batman 60s TV show. That was a little while ago. I don't know. They had a whole chart on there. When I saw the way they drew this chart out, I decided it's 530 in the morning. I don't care. (laughs) Why are you? You got too deep in that article. That's what happened. You are on some 
a website run by a guy like me and just went way too deep in the rabbit hole. You know. By the way, go check out the Shock Monkey Radio Redux on Facebook. That's our group. And uh, there you can climb down the rabbit hole of the bad man's mind. There you go. And go to Patreon slash Shock Monkey Radio. <laughs> Give me your money. $3 a month. It's not much. We provide four to sometimes five hours a month. Sometimes. Uh, additionally, I got all the videos on my YouTube channel, Madman Lowercase. So, I mean, I'm working hard to keep you guys entertained. And all the YouTube videos are free. And mostly I've been doing it, yeah, mostly I've been doing it just because I love you and I want to keep you, my friends, entertained. So, I hope you're entertained. Are you not entertained? <laughs> okay, I think the conversation, anything else about Infinity War you want to talk about? How about the post-credits? Did not get to see the post-credits scene. <gasps> anyway, Nick Fury. He, t- he turns to Ash. And he goes, mother... And then... <laughs> can't finish the word because his mouth is ash. Right. That was pretty awesome. The nice cameo yeah. uh, play, I guess. Yeah. And But then it goes down to this weird pager. It says message sent, and it has the logo of Cap Marvel on it. So they're... Uh, nice. Yeah. So I think that's going to be, be cool because I, they cast a female as lead in that, and I think that's going to be awesome. But you kind of have to. Not necessarily. Well, I guess depending on which iteration of Captain yeah, Marvel. Yeah, there's a lot doing. of different Captain Marvels. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I don't mind. You know, uh, I know how, like, how many swinging dicks there were in every single comic book for decades. Yeah. I mean, it's so... I like... Uh, Leading female characters. Call me crazy. I'd rather watch more movies with more leading female characters. Why? I don't like dudes. I don't like watching dudes. I don't like watching, uh, listening to dudes talk. They put chicks on there, I'm paying attention. <laughs> Which sounded completely yeah, it, sexist. It, it but... does sound sexist, what you just said, yeah. But, I mean, I think that that's why Wonder Woman is so powerful. A character in terms of, like, uh, social significance and importance. Oh, absolutely. You know, because she was, like, the one character who was the most popular mm-hmm. female lead. And I'm glad that DC was able to do that movie. But, you know, lighten up a bit. Have some more ice cream, like Wonder Woman. Right. You know, just be impressed with the world, you know. And at least they were smart enough to stay away from that point in time, what, I think it was in the 70s, when they took away her powers and yeah, made her more. Yeah, karate. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, that pissed off the fans so, so bad. So bad. Yeah. You know, you know who did that? The current editor-in-chief, Dennis O'Neill. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I saw an interview about that where he talked about that era of the comic books because he had taken over writing a Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. And that's what he did with her character. He made her like an empowered female with no power, superpowers. Right. And then he'd get, he's he doing this interview and he's sitting there. I'd get these letters from women saying, you know, if, you know what you did? You took Superman and you took all the powers away. And what's the point of reading a comic book about a regular person? <laughs> <laughs> and it, uh, Denny, I mean, that's why he's editor in chief. Is like, I totally get it. I totally get it now. Yep. <laughs> My bad. You know. <laughs> Oops. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, I don't know about you. I love that movie. I thought it was excellent. I thought, particularly like Stephen Strange and Stark, and they're like just uh, as soon as clash two geniuses clashing, like egos. immediately. <laughs> Immediately, and it, it, I mean, Doctor Strange pulled out douchebag. Douche yes, you know he pulled that out. I mean, he was getting pissed. Yeah, he was. I just, I, I don't. I thought that maybe Tony Stark would be the first one to get, you know, de-evolve the conversation. But no, no, Steve is strange. He's got some squabbles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, I don't think he's used to having to put up with somebody with an ego as big, as, big as, his. as his. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, Doctor Strange. Let's talk about him for a second, because he saw all those, like, 14 million. Mm-hmm. 14,605,000. Wow. Futures. Possible futures. And he said there's only one? One. Out of all, that many million, there's only one way? One way. And that is to give up the time gem? Apparently so. To spare Tony's life? I wonder if that was a condition. Is, is it, We need Iron Man... After this point, in order for that possibility to to exist, so at fourteen million possibilities of time, could there have been one where he gave up the time gem, or eventually probably lost to Thanos, mm-hmm. and that made no difference whatsoever. 
But if he gave up the time gem to spare Tony, that results in their victory. Which is a scary thing, because that would mean that Tony Stark is the key to the universe. Not necessarily. In some ways, he is the key to the universe. I don't like that, but I know they're paying that guy a lot of money, and he can't wait to get out of the Marvel thing so he can do some regular acting for a change. Right. I get it. But, you know, just keeping him alive. I mean, in the comic books, they cut his head off. (laughs) They cut his head off. I really want to see that. I want Iron Man's head cut off. (laughs) All right. But additionally, we got all the other players when it comes to the end of the movie and the next movie and stuff like that. This is apparently the only way for reality to be saved from Thanos. All right. Based upon what Stephen Strange did. Right. Which made it look... He looked like he was having the worst acid trip ever. Yeah. Probably. I would... Yeah, the time stone is scary. That seems yeah. like that seems like crazy. Anyway. Um, so, this was the plan, and this is what has to happen. It's like, these are the events that have to happen in this order for victory. Mm-hmm. All right? And so, even in the movie, they're telling you, this is probably what is going to... How they're going to win. All right? He gets... The entire gauntlet. All right? And then when he snapped his fingers, that's when he... That's an iconic moment from the comic book right. and in, now in the movie. There was like a shorting of the gauntlet that was made by Peter Dinklage. Right. So I wonder if like he's starting to damage the thing that was made, the gauntlet itself. Well, in the movie, I noticed that it looked like it had burnt out in right. several spots. Yeah, that's what I mean. So I wonder if he's going to uh, like have some issues with using the stones. I mean, in the comic books, all right, Mephisto did a thing where uh, he showed up and started talking to him. He's like, hey, why don't you, you know, you're trying to impress death because that's why he's so into killing people. Right, because he's got a thing with the persona of death herself. But they don't have any um, mention of Mephisto. I haven't heard any in any Marvel movie. No. So, and Mephisto tricks him, which I think is a classic Mephisto move, to, it's like, just, you know, if you want to press death, you know, turn off every other gem but the power gem. And so, and Thanos does that. And that's how they kind of get close to beating him. Um, however, Nebula is in play. And if you know the comic books, you know that Nebula has a big part to play. She eventually, she gets tortured some more. It's unfortunate because she's the sexiest robot I have ever seen. Oh, yes. And so, um... Well, Karen Gillian, how could it not be sexy? Right. So, um, she gets tortured some more. In the comic books, uh, Thanos, like, turned her into, like, a zombie. Like, you know, horrible looking. Rotting flesh. And she ends up snatching the gauntlet away from him. (laughs) All right? Crazy. So, uh, hopefully, it'll be... It'll be interesting to see how they they make that play out, especially if they're not going to use Mephisto. But if they do use Mephisto... I would like to, I would, I'd want to, he would have to like come and approach Thanos. All right. Like Mephisto would have to show up and be like, Hey, you know, I'm busy all of a sudden, you know, I got all these people coming to hell, you know, death shows up his mm-hmm. girlfriend is like, okay, I'm here. All right. That was impressive. You right. killed a lot of people. Mephisto shows up. You can give me a smooch on the cheek now. No, she's still, she's still not interested. Right. Oh, I can't even throw him a bone. But I mean, how, Jean. <laughs> But uh, Death and uh, Mephisto haven't really been discussed in the movies at all. No. So I don't know what they're going to do. So there may have, like, the uh, there's something wrong with the gauntlet where he's not allowed to, unable to access certain stones for a little bit or something right. like that. Um, and someone else steals it. Like I said, those kids behind me in the theater, they were like, it was like, oh, that's how they're going to beat him. They're going to have to, like, mess with him and, like, get that gauntlet off his hand. And I was like, Yeah. <laughs> you think? And, and so, but if it is broken, I don't know. I, I, that could be a cheap way to do it without bringing in Mephisto and Death. And right. And I don't think they are going to bring in Death, and at least not the way she was brought in in the comics. Just be, based on his rant about the over-exploitation of resources throughout that's, the that's universe. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Um, Thanos, like so many villains in the past, like a couple villains, I should, last few villains, that you've seen in Marvel movies. They had uh, realistic ideologies, realistic... Mm-hmm. Motivations. Motivations, thank you. Blanked on that for a second. Uh, they had realistic motivations, and 
Thanos' motivation is like overpopulation is a problem. You know, uh, over you know mining and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Resources getting destroyed. Exploitation of yeah. resources. Thank you, exploitation. Boy, I'm brain farting all over the place. And I mean, it's a realistic concern for everybody, especially here on Earth. Absolutely. Especially here on Earth. And Speaking so, of which, go out and hug a tree. You know, they only provide the oxygen you breathe. Don't you think they deserve a hug? That's the Hill Hippie, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for coming on the show. Appreciate it. <laughs> It'll be my last episode. <laughs> I'm going to fire you, buddy. So, uh, yeah, Thanos, he was a realistic, he had realistic motivations, and I thought that that was interesting. However, in the comic books, it was death. He was trying to serve death. He wanted to... Right. I want to bone that chick so bad. Now you got me doing it. (laughs) (laughs) And so... uh, The bad joke rolls on. And so... uh, I don't know if they're even going to approach that subject in the next movie. You know, he's just a guy who was like Ross Ghoul in the comics. Kind of like people are a problem. We need to get rid of them. Mm -hmm. And stuff like that. And so... um, Maybe they're just going to do it like that. And he's not just some sick, twisted... I mean, his name means death. You know, and so I think it's because he's in love with death. And so yeah. I think it should be in some way involved. I don't know. I don't, I'm not the writer. You know, the thing is, if they don't bring in the aspect of him pursuing his love interest of death, there is what else motivation is there for Thanos to go forward? Because he's, he's, he's killed half the universe, he's watched his sunset. We know so, nothing else so, about the character in the movie. So have you read the comic books enough to know what that whole ending where he's sitting there watching the sunset and what that's all about? Not years and years and years. Yeah, In the comics, uh, there was a, a point where all after he got the Infinity Stones and he did all this stuff, he um, just kind of went to his being a farmer off in the middle of nowhere and not bothering anybody and stuff like that. and Like he felt like he'd done what he set out to do and was like retired. I can start my own little winery. <laughs> exactly. <It's> like, <laughs> finally. Finally, I hit my career goal. <laughs> Just looking at his itinerary, it's like, last thing to do before I retire, conquer all that is. Kill half of all living things. Thanos. Next step, retire. <laughs> Try my new Thanos's, uh Craft brew. Mindstone red. <laughs> I don't know why they changed the colors, but they did. And in the comic books, the stones were different. Some of the stones were different colors. and I don't know why they did that. Some artist came in there and was like, uh, uh, aesthetically, it's all wrong when it comes to the tone of the film, the overall color tone of the film. That's probably what happened, right? Could be. Yeah. Or it could be this whatever, like the Tesseract. They When they originally started this, they wasn't sure if they were going to make it all the way to Infinity War. Right. So they started making these things show up, and they made them the certain colors because it matched the aesthetic of that particular movie they were making. And when they realized they were going to be able to go that far, well, they're already stuck. Yeah, you're probably right. That's probably how it went down. That's a good call. Good, good job. Good job. All right, we got about 15 minutes left. So, um... I guess we can call it quits on the uh, Infinity War. Hope so, hope we didn't spoil it for you. Hope you've already seen it. But we did warn you. Yeah. Before, before yeah, we did warn you. Plenty of times. Okay. All right, so let's go into the news worth knowing. In case we can't fill two. This is my notes. In case we can't fill an hour on those two topics alone. <laughs> Rebecca Felgate single and Infinity War. And we probably could keep going on Rebecca Felgate because that's all of a sudden on my mind. I was going to say, you kind of just glazed over that to get straight to Infinity War. I was expecting a little bit more of this Rebecca Felgate thing. Well, the only adjective she ever used to describe me was creepy. So I don't want to get too creepy. and I'm not, I don't have a passport. I'm not going to Toronto. I mean, I'm doing this FXBG public radio thing. I'm kind of linked to this area now. And so she's got to come to me. All right? Come on down to FXBG. I'll show you around. I'm going to do a podcast with you. That'd be awesome. Maybe get some video. We got we got smartphones. <laughs> so uh, High quality. Yeah. And hopefully we get more Patreon supporters, silent partners, and, and we can upgrade to real cameras and so forth. Help him get his dream girl down here, guys. That way he doesn't end no. up at the sperm bank. No, I don't, want, I don't want all 75 of our RSS feed subscribers going and like spamming her email or I meant by going comments. Patreon yeah just, just stop whatever you're doing leave Rebecca Felgate alone 
All right, that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> Don't Get bother her on my behalf. Get I'll bother her plenty on my own. Get your hands off your mice and put them back on your cocks where they belong. Mice? Did you say mice? Yeah. Plural of mouse. You want to get into the news worth knowing? Sure. Moving right past that. All right. Um, school creates a modesty poncho to give out to, quote, inappropriately dressed students to remind them of a prom dress code. All right. Uh, modesty poncho. Yeah, I'm going to turn my volume down so we don't get ads. Uh, yeah, modesty poncho. If you look at it, it's like basically like a shawl to fit over the shoulders and the breast area. Cover the cleavage. Yeah. A Catholic high school admission. Oh, we could stop reading this article, yeah, right? That explains it all. I'm going to read the article anyway. Uh, a Catholic high school in Michigan claims they n- never intended to hand out modesty ponchos to, an underdre- to underdressed prom attendees after receiving backlash from students and some parents. Quote, our intention with displaying the poncho was never to make students feel uncomfortable, but to remind all students and parents of our formal prom dress policy, which has not changed for several years. Probably that's the issue. Principal Eric Hmm. Haley wrote in a statement obtained by the Post, to be clear, the poncho was not to be passed out at prom. It was on display to proactively remind students of our dress code policies and eliminate any confusion prior to the special event. This continues, we encourage our students to tailor their outfits and provide their own wraps or shawls that would meet our requirements. <laughs> Haley's statement continued, if necessary, we may also provide wraps and shawls and we, as we have done at school functions for many years. <laughs> but they didn't plan on doing it. They didn't want to, but they've been doing it for years. <laughs> uh, poncho was uh, displayed on mannequins at the Divinity Child High School in Dearborn. Uh, with along with a note reading, if your dress does not meet our formal dance dress requirements, no problem. We got you covered. Literally. This is our modesty poncho, which you'll be given at the door. You know what I think this stems from? Jealousy. Very well could be. <clears throat> those uh, aging teachers see those 17-year-old tits on display, and they're just like, Mine that's used- indecent. <clears throat> Mine used to be that perky. Yeah, that's indecent. We got to cover it up. What's a Catholic? Sinners. I mean, yeah, I, I love you for the Christianity. Got your back on Christianity, Catholics, but uh, wow, you guys take the rules too seriously. You really do. You really do. Anyway, I want to move on to this next story. All my note is, uh, LOL, I fucking love baseball. All right, I don't know if you've seen this video. You probably haven't. I'm going to run it for you. Anyway, it, three-year-old kid playing baseball. This seems a little young, first of all. But at that point, it would be T-ball, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would, yeah, T-ball. And you see, he's running from third to home. Yeah, we got to add so. He's running from third to home, but apparently, um, he was doing it really, really slow and deliberately. <laughs> yeah, you know, even like some guy even came up and tried to like, come on, hurry it up, you know, stuff like that. He like kind of threw a fit. It's like no, <laughs> you know. Three years, three years old seems a little young for T-ball. Yeah. Um, but that being said, <sighs> here we go. But you see, he's just keeping, doing his utmost to keep his feet on the line, <laughs> you know, at the baseline between third and home, and it's just like one step after another, and it's like, it, but he's pumping his arms with each step. And yeah, it's, he's he is. just slow motion. <sighs> Running home. And this is why I love baseball. is because everybody stopped and waited for this kid to finish. You know, he's every step. It's like, come on. It's right. Just touch it right there. Uh, <laughs> and he, and he, he, he does the fall slide. <laughs> Go look for that video because it's cute as hell. It's why I love baseball is because they have to stop for BS like that. You know? And that's what I love about Major League Baseball. We got to make these games faster. It's like it's baseball. It's not getting any faster. No. It's still going to be like two, if you're lucky, to four or five hours. Yep. So sorry. And it's the only sport where it's less interesting when you go to the field. Well, without a clock, no clock, no clock. That's why advertisers hate and 
uh, networks hate uh, baseball because you know the football game is going to end at this time. Right. With all the commercial breaks and stuff in between. So. And there's the $9 beers at the uh, stadiums. Right. right. For Bush. <laughs> that reminds me. Mm. Beer, beer, beer. All right. California 7-Eleven cranks classical music to keep people from loitering. <laughs> 7-Eleven California has found a way to keep people from panhandling and loitering outside their store. Crank up the classical music. Now you're going to have to forgive me for mispronouncing this. Suki Sanhu, who owns a franchise in Modesto, said his customers tell him they feel safer since he started blasting symphonies and occasional operas. There it is, right there, operas, over, over outdoor speakers. Once the music started, the riffraff left, <laughs> said Michael Souza, who's homeless and jokingly... Uh, referred to himself as part of the riffraff. <laughs> oh, you gotta love him, right? Hey, at least he knows what is. Uh, he knows himself. <laughs> Forgive me. His name is Manuel Sousa. Uh, the loud music makes it hard to hang out and gossip and joke around near the store. So that means it was effective, right? It worked. Yeah. <clears throat> That's what Sousa told the Modesto B last week. From under a tree down the block. From under a tree down the block. That's that's pretty sad. All right, the classical music is part of 7-Eleven program that encourages non-confrontational methods to reduce loitering. That's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, Sandhu said. It eliminates any arrests faced by clerks when asking panhandlers to leave, he he said. Another method employed by some stores is a device that emits a high-pitched screech similar to mosquito buzzing in your ear. Clerks turn the device on and off. as That's a bad idea. No, that's a bad idea. You're going to get shot that way. (laughs) No doubt. Classical music is more effective and safer, I imagine, Sandhu said. And he plans to introduce it at other stores he owns in Central California. Uh, we have received po- very positive feedback from our customers about the atmosphere created by the music's devices because, you know, normal people like classical music. Right. <laughs> what to say about our that's, society? That's, that's where a rude thing to say. Said, somebody said never tell me the odds. I don't know how long ago it was posted, but. I, I don't know. Probably seventeen could be. minutes ago. Yeah, sure, I don't. I have no idea. Course. Yeah, sorry, we got EK's on dad duty. He can't read all the, all the comments and stuff. Uh, the newspaper said Monday that such measure, measures aren't new. Convenience stores and other businesses, as well as public facilities, have used classical music, and the mosquito device. That's the ultrasonic. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I just caught the uh, the comment he read. Never tell me the odds. We were talking about Infinity War, fourteen million six hundred and five. Oh right, then that was Robert. That was definitely Robert. Probably. Convenience stores, as well as public facilities, use classical classical music and a mosquito device to repel panhandlers, homeless people, and loitering teenagers. The worst of them all, loitering teenagers. Damn them teenagers. That's an interesting strategy. I like it. It works. It's, but it's... It's, it's a, not aggressive. It's a sad statement of our society where yeah. some of the best written technical music to have ever been composed... Pisses off the riffraff. Yeah. As it were. Quote, unquote, riffraff. Does that mean you're... Uh, that defines you as riffraff if you can't stand the sound of classical music? <laughs> I passed the riffraff test. I passed. Now give me my 40 and let me hang out under my tree. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a cool idea. Anyway, I love this story. It's probably a movie theater forced to issue dress code after customers keep showing up in pajamas and bathrobes. This is hilarious. A theater in New Zealand (laughs) issued a dress code after uh, management was noticed an increasing trend in people wearing pajamas, onesies, and bathrobes to the establishment. Damn Kiwis. Uh, Forgive me, Kiwis, but uh, Hawera Cinemas, I believe. Sorry if I mispronounced it. Located in Hawera on New Zealand's North Island, uh, put up the notice on their Facebook page informing patrons to be appropriately dressed. Uh, this is what it said. Just a friendly reminder that we have a dress code here at Hawera Cinemas. It's simple, really. So long as you are appropriately dressed and not wearing clean and we are wearing clean footwear, you are good to go. Please no pajamas, onesies, dressing gowns, or dirty rain boots, no matter how cute they are. <laughs> That's a weird spelling of yeah. pajamas. Yeah, that is. Uh, since posting the restrictions, the theater has been met with support and shocked that the theater had to remind people how to dress. 
Greg Burgess wrote on Facebook, it's amazing people need to be told to get dressed before going out. Supermarket needs the same notice. <laughs> Walmart, it's a need, trend. You need to pay attention to this article. <laughs> this is a quote from Charlotte Ward. Get dressed, people. Ah, I can't believe this even needs to be stated, but well done for doing so. However, there are a few that felt the theater was overreaching its boundaries and acting as fashion police. Pegeen Williams responded to the dress code. Wow, didn't know you guys were the fashion police. I'm not wearing PJs in, in public, girl. But I don't see how other others wearing PJs out affects anyone else, so I can't see the reason for this rule. That's an excellent point. It depends on how revealing the PJs are. I mean, if they're showing up in their little polar bear onesie, you know, that seems to be popular, those furry animal-looking right. onesies. Okay, yeah, that's covering up everything. But if somebody's showing up in a negligee... That, that could be an issue. Yeah, because I, I wouldn't watch the movie. I don't see the problem. I mean, people want to be comfortable when they're watching sitting in there for three hours. Yeah. Because let's face it, the era of the 90-minute movie is almost completely over. Yeah, because people want stories, not formulas. Mm-hmm. All right. You want to end on a bad note? Not really, but why not? Yeah, I should have prioritized all these stories. I was thinking about Rebecca being single. And how you'll never have. Distracting. Yeah, and there's that, and there's that. Um, go write some poetry right now. I am. I'm going to go write some poetry. <laughs> uh, veterinarian accused of stashing heroin in pups' bellies is extradited to the U.S. What the? F- what a D-bag. You see these things? The little black bags full of heroin? Ugh. A U.S. veterinarian from Venezuela was extradited on Monday after he was arrested in 2015, accused of putting heroin in New York-bound pups' bellies as a part of a Colombian drug trafficking ring. Andre Lopez L. Alorza, 38, was arrested in Spain in 2015 after U.S. authorities say he stitched packets of liquid heroin into the, bellies of, into the bellies of Labrador retrievers and other breeds sent on commercial flights to New York. The packets were later cut out of the puppies who died in the process. Oh. Suppressing rage. Dude, I don't wish violence on people, and I do not wish people to have bad things happen to them generally. I hope you are ass-raped in prison so hard that your eyeballs pop out of your head. They pluck them back into your head just so you can get happen again. You deserve the deepest ring of fucking hell. Can I read the rest of this article? Go ahead. <laughs> Lopez was arraigned in Brooklyn on Tuesday and ordered to be detained pending a trial in which he faces... Charges including conspiring to import and distribute heroin in the United States, according to a press release from the Drug Enforcement Administration. If convicted, he faces a minimum of 10 years. That's enough to get raped, right? More than enough. And possibly as much as a life sentence. Fingers crossed. Good. Yeah. Quote, as alleged in the indictment, Elorza is not only a drug trafficker, he also betrayed a veterinarian's pledge, thank you, to prevent animal suffering. When he used his surgical skills in his cruel scheme to smuggle heroin in the abdomens of puppies. Puppies. Said, said Richard Donahue, United States Attorney for the Eastern District of New York. Dogs are man's best friend, and as the defendant is about to learn, we are the drug dealer's worst enemy. Good soundbot, I guess. Dun, dun, dun. DEA Special Agent in Charge James Hunt said the investigation into the drug trafficking ring started about 12 years ago. A raid on the farm in Columbia in 2005, resulted in the rescue of 10 puppies. This dude's been doing this for 15 years? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, you should have prioritized this better. I love doggies. Me too. I'm going to cry. You know what? Uh, EK's on dad duty, so I may have to wander over to the boards over there and sign us off. So sounds like it needs to happen. If I haven't told you today, I love you. If I haven't told you by the end of the show, I love you. I'm the madman. I'm the hill hippie. I love you too. That's what I'm trying to do, but you started speaking and I hope you have not been upset by this news about the puppies. This guy has been locked up. So it's all good. Think about Rebecca Felgate being single and the fact that no, man... No, 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 Only I get to think about that. Oh, you selfish bastard. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Here it comes. Dun, dun. 
Dun, 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 oh, dun, dun, wait, that's not it. Oh. Anyway, we're shotguns ready to redux. Look for us. We love you.